The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away. Welcome back to Beautiful Disasters. This is actually our ninth episode. Fucking nine episodes. I know. Goddamn. We haven't been as uh, prolific lately, but uh, we're getting <laughs> we're getting back into our groove here. Get back on track. We got this shit. Again, welcome back. This is uh, the Groots. Fuck you, Hunter. And our special guest today is this is uh, Smash. Smash. <laughs> Had him on once before. It was a good time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that this was... was nothing like steel. Yeah. But I think the excitement for that one was just literally waiting till the last possible minute for you to know what we were going to fucking show you. So. Yes, this is an entirely different experience altogether. I warned you a little bit ahead of time for this one. So, mm-hmm. so Hunter, you picked this movie. Oh, yeah. I've and been, I'd heard about it, but it's... it's I've, all- been, I've been talking about this since I saw the trailer and came across it that it's now on Hulu and was like, we're fucking doing this movie. And I, I, that was a risk, because it could have been a just piece of shit, piece of shit, or it could have been a beautiful disaster, and this was definitely a fucking beautiful disaster. It was mm. fucking fantastic. I enjoyed every minute of it. Why don't we uh, actually go introduce the movie a little bit before we get into uh, its its basic plot All right. and start riffing? Well, the movie we uh, decided for this podcast is a feature called Mom and Dad. Uh, directed by uh, Mr. Brian Taylor, who uh, I am a huge fan of two of his features. He's done five of them. A couple more kind of suck, but he did the first Crank and the second Crank movies, <laughs> which uh, if you haven't seen the Crank movies, check them out. Um, if you have to decide between one or the other, Crank 2 is fucking bonkers from start to finish. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. So... Um, Saw that he decided to uh, work with uh, Nicolas Cage again. I'd say this movie a lot more successful than the other time that he worked with him on Sad Enough Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which, yeah, that yeah. that just sucks. There, there's yeah. well, You know, and, and uh, Nicolas Cage, he, he brought the crazy in this, but, you know, it was... Oh, it was amazing. Crazy. It was probably more crazy than I've ever seen, which is saying a lot for him. Well, it, it it was a new kind of crazy, because um, we've all seen Vampire's Kiss, where he's batshit in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. We's you know we've seen a lot of different crazy Nick Cage, but this was so fucking satisfying, in such an amazingly like perfectly schlocky like new take on the zombie genre. Really, yeah, is what it was. And uh, besides Nick Cage, uh, Selma Blair, which I yeah. haven't seen her in a fucking while, so... Yeah. She played it pretty well. She played crazy yeah. well. Yeah. And then, uh... Wow. Goddamn it. Lance. Lance Henriksen? Lance. Yeah. That was kind of a little nice little uh, dessert on that. Like, here you go. Just Cher- throw that in the there. The cherry too. on top. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this is the newest movie we've done. Came out last year, yeah, 2017. That's that's not from the 80s or anything. We yeah, I know. We've done 70s, 80s, <laughs> 90s. Yeah, yeah, they had, they yeah, his, they had his, cell, his, touchscreen cell phones in them, so that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, you know, it 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 goes to show that few and far between, but they are still making movies now that really are perfect for this fucking podcast. Which which <laughs> you you say contemporary, which fits this because. A, a, you know, a really a spoiler alert, uh, you know, a lot, a portion of this film in which things get escalate the way they do is through technology. Right. So it's, it's fitting that it's contemporary. Yeah. We might as well just get into this. Let's dive right yeah, in. It's cause... really hard not to. I want to say so many things. And so I'll say, I'll say this before we, we start breaking down the movie. Um, I've missed crazy Nick Cage. He's, he's been a lot of shit through the years that hasn't been good or I have not want to pay attention to. And this brought me back to the Wicker Man, Bad <laughs> Lieutenant Nick Cage 
and I'm so fucking happy because I miss that Nick Cage. He's been doing Left Behind movies and shit, just shit movies, and he he was he's back for this movie. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm so happy. And I was uh, we we were talking before we started here, and we're super excited about um, his new film, Mandy. By uh, Panos Cosmatos, uh, the guy who did uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is supposed to be just fucking like psychedelic bonkers. And uh, we mentioned, you know, another great example of um, his modern awesome crazy is Army of One, where he plays a crazy dude that believes that God is talking to him and he has to go personally hunt down Osama bin Laden. And that's worth a watch, too. But anyway... To not digress, let's get straight the fuck into Mom and Dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the basic gist is uh, Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair's parents, or, or our parents, uh, they're married. You know, kind of hate their life. They kind of hate their life. They're, they're midlife crisising. They've got a teenage daughter that's a total cunt. You're, you're basic modern spoiled brat. Yeah. Like, doesn't give a shit. Stealing money from her mom. Like, yeah. Does it like just does whatever the fuck she wants? Yeah. Has a, uh, a younger son who's like nine or ten, maybe. Still pretty innocent. Nothing wrong with that kid. And they're just living kind of like the middle life suburban life, right? Right. Yeah. They've, they've cut her house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got a nice looking house. They even have enough money for a, for a housekeeper, right? Yeah. I'll say this real quick before we get any more into it. Um, I have to give props to the opening credits. You know, sometimes, yes. like, <laughs> you know. Sometimes you can be fooled by opening credits if they do things, but the 70s style opening credits was fucking fantastic. Right. And I was like, I have a feeling this might be actually pretty yes. fucking badass. It really did kind of set the tone because although this movie is set in modern day and it's shot digitally and it looks super nice and crisp and everything, this really could have been a fucking fantastic exploitation like horror movie. Yeah. From Absolutely. 1979 or 1984, you know? Along with the experimental uh, camera angles. You know, what? where where can we get the best effect even if it, there's no pattern involved, yeah. you know? <laughs> Which I think is pretty amazing with this film. It's, I, uh, there's, there's so many things within this movie that, that are just hard to watch. I mean, for most people, you're going to probably turn away or, you know, wonder why you're continuing to watch it. And that's the thing is this movie is... The literal, it's literally a train wreck. And yeah. and as you see any sort of wreck, at some point you want to look. And that's this entire movie is you cannot look away. So let's uh, let's just uh, go from there. We got introduced to the family and, you know, your <clears throat> suburban yuppie, whatever. Everybody hates eat their lives and shitty kids, well, daughter and whatever. Yeah. And, uh. Actually, right before we get introduced to that, there's this random, the first scene is this mom who parks her car on some train tracks, gets out of the car, and you notice a car seat yeah. in the back right before a train slams into it. Right. Like, that's okay. And, uh... It sets the tone. Sets the tone, yeah. It definitely and, sets the tone. Uh, let you know that this is how you're going to feel the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let me just mention here that of the three of us in this oh, room... Holy shit. I am the one that is not a parent. Yes. Okay. This, uh, if you're a parent, this is, uh... It's a little bit of a test. <laughs> yeah. It's a big test. Woo. It's like, how long can you stare at the screen before just feeling terrible... <laughs> I almost say this movie's kind of two movies because the first half is like almost like a outbreak style and then yeah. the second half is kind of that trapped like slasher yeah. kind of thing. Sure. So. I, I think it's and I, I said it earlier, I think it's really reminiscent of like the crazies. It's just, you know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of still flipped it's flipped around. Sure. Obviously with the parents attacking and specifically their own kids. Which gives it a little more of the also the World War Z movie version, right? Uh, where it only infects a certain kind, uh, assuming right. it's an infection and or a mind control. So yeah, that's pretty much the whole thing. Is uh, there's a I don't know virus or a signal that pretty much makes parents want to kill their kids, their kids, not anybody else's kids, yeah. just just their theirs. kids. Yeah. yeah, no matter how old. 
the child and, and or parent is. And it starts kind of slow. You get a few hints. You have the lady with the the, the railroad tracks, um, and then the um, some news. the main family. Yeah. They have a nanny or a housekeeper who keeps her kid there while she's doing stuff, and um, you just get a off camera kind of hint that um, she just killed her own kid. Yeah, you get the reaction shot from the little son who yes. sees it happen. Yeah. And honestly, just like Saw 1, that is better for me. Yeah. Like, Saw 1, you didn't see any of the crazy shit that was happening. It right. was all the reaction shots from the actors. And that's what made it good. That's why the rest of the Saw movies, in my opinion, were lackluster. Well, it allows your mind to fill in those, those blanks. For me, that's much more terrifying. Right. But, yeah, the movie... And you were saying something about two acts. It, it is kind of like that, but I think that's brilliant because it sets the scene. It, it, it lets you know, okay, this is what's going on in this, in this place, in this town, in this, in this world. And you start to see it kind of unravel. But you've already been introduced to the main characters enough, and, it's, and the writing and the acting is, is well enough that you actually begin to you know, start to identify with them. To an extent, yeah. To an extent. I mean, you, you feel like, you know, there's there's flashback scenes kind of throughout the movie that humanize the parents. Right. Who, you know, for most of the movie are fucking going bananas and trying, <laughs> yeah. trying to mur like, murder their spawn. The interesting know? thing is they're not like the 28 Days Later rage virus or zombies. Some of them are just very calm, and they just need to murder their children. You know, like some are very angry and attack. But others just kind of, you know, just gonna kill my kid. I don't know what to, be, you know, and it's really fucked up. It really is. So if you think about it, it's sort of a breakdown because you know, as a parent, and I'm sure Hunter can, any parent can 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 see it through these eyes that at any given time you're like fuck and you're frustrated, right? Well, that frustrate, you know, you you move on and you you know they get older and so on and so forth. But sometimes that frustration or that like. I didn't do this with my life. I didn't do that with my life. That's always going to come into play the older you get. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this movie was basically saying was like every parent wants to kill their kid oh, in the back man. of their mind because you stole my life, which I won't agree to, but I understand that lens. You know what I mean? It's a great fucking twist on it the is. zombie genre. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, because they don't give a shit about They're just going after one specific person. Mm -hmm. And once they're done with it, it's back to regular life. They're but, not like, you know... But it feeds on the subconscious. And yeah. that's the cool thing about it. That's what the signal does. It's like all that shit you have built up, it's going to feed right into that subconscious. Yep. So let's, uh, so we get the we get the housekeeper, takes out her kid, yep. and then we get to the schools. Right. Right. And notice there's a fire drill or yeah, a bomb scare. Some kids are being yeah. called to, to the office. And every... All the parents are waiting to get their kids, just like almost like signaling them to get them to come over. It looks like, like it's like a, like they're all freaked out. Yeah, but like they're concerned. Like I need, I need my kid now. Yeah. And one of the, um, I'd say dumber kids. I don't know. He just he younger, had to see. He, yeah, the younger of the, he of the kids. jumps over the gate that's blocking the parents from the kids. And the mom greets him with a pair of keys that she stabs him over and over and over again. And then you're like, holy shit, mm -hmm. fucking we're in for this. And then the parents start climbing over the gates. Oh, man. The dad grabs a trash bag out of a trash can just throws it. It's fuck wow. <laughs> and I'm not sure. And, and, and during this, you know... Uh, Previous to them coming up to the gates and up to that point, there's a there's one teacher they focus on, right, for that, right. For that given time. Uh, and I did not look up his name, but I definitely uh, am going to find out who it is. I've seen him before. Yeah. And he's a cool character. Like, all of a sudden, off the bat, you kind of laugh. You know, it puts you, it takes you, it puts you, takes you um, off guard. Mm -hmm. And then you never see him again. And that's the one, like, but besides, we'll go into that deeper, like, as we get into this, but I just think that as far as characters goes, I would have loved to see that guy been the hero of the piece. <laughs> and if you watch the movie, you'll know exactly what I mean. I'm pretty sure it's running through his head when the parents start killing their kids is, I don't think that we went over this in training or, like, how do you, like... <laughs> you think $35,000, yeah. I ain't paid up for this shit. But they didn't really go, you know, they had their, you had your fire drills, and you had, you know... The, sadly enough, the active shooter drills and stuff like that now. But I don't think they had 
parent, you know, virus wants to kill their kids training. So you just yeah. kind of stand back and go, fuck, I guess this just happens, man. <laughs> but that scene where the parents break break the line, the police line, at, you know, yeah. and just, there's just a, a sequence of all these parents rushing and just murdering, trying to murder all their kids on the football field. That's awesome. Yeah. And it could totally, like, that point right there is when you know the movie is completely off and running. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Then uh, mm-hmm. one of the characters, and I forgot to write down his name, but um, who actually finished his, I guess, SATs early or something like that, mm-hmm. got out yes. a little early, and went, to go, went to go visit, uh, go back home. His dad's there. He thinks his dad's just kind of drunk, angry. Dad kills himself. Just to reemphasize, like these, they're not these parents are fucking around. They are trying to kill. Whether like, you're coming out of a drunken stupor or yeah. picking them up for school, you're going to kill them. Perfectly, other way. I, I had to give this movie props. Then one of our the mom, the main one of the main characters, gets a call that her uh, sister um, is having <laughs> her baby, and you've already seen enough fucked up shit. You go, all right, let's let's go there. Um, does anybody else want to take over from there? <laughs> let, let, let me let me take this one. All right, all right. So yeah, one one of the B plots of the movie is that the <laughs> yeah the sister of uh, Selma Blair's character is about to drop child. Yeah, we're going to hell for even talking about this movie. Oh, dude, no, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best fucking movie I've seen. You know, in a minute. Did anybody have any rosaries or something? <laughs> no, no, they ain't gonna save you. Um, so she gets a call. Like, it's time. And, you know, you, you have the obligatory, like, in the emergency, in the delivery room sort of sequence and everything like that. Baby is born. There's some awkward boyfriend who's not the actual baby daddy there. And he's filming. And and then... We'll get, ba- like, a quick second of that monitor flash. Uh, where she's right, right. Static. The baby is born, and she's cradling it in her arms... And then you'd see one of the hospital monitors goes staticky, and then she just starts squeezing this newborn baby. To the point, like, yeah, the nurses, everybody start reacting. They all start freaking out. Selma Blair's like, stop, stop trying to, re- re- like, gets the kid out of the hand, you know, and she even tries to grab a scalpel, is, like, trying to, like, stab the kid. Like, all this shit, man. It was Now that scene intense. would be fucked up on its own. But the director added a song, and I don't know if anybody remembers <laughs> this fucking song, but he added, uh, I looked it up, the band Roxanne, It Must Have Been Love, but it's over now, but it's over. as <laughs> the mom is love. trying to murder the baby, but it's and you're like, over now. holy shit. And this is how, this is the... <laughs> God damn, like, that was the song. This is the true drive of what they're willing to do to kill their own kids, <laughs> is that she literally just had a kid, okay? And not only is she standing out of bed, she's fucking, she can barely be held back by all the doctors and the nurses in the room. Goddamn right. Just to get to her kid who's on the other side of the room now. And you see, I mean, the detail was just gruesome. Like, she still had, like, the baby bump and all that stuff. And she's well, the trying... bell before cord was there. Yeah. The, and the she... nurses had to, like, almost, like, Snip dive and away. cut it. <laughs> yeah. Cut it to separate the two. Like... They should have done that in slow motion. Of all the things they did. One of the things that I really like about certain movies <laughs> is how they can contextually change a song for you forever. Yes. Like if you I watch, would never hear that song. If you hear Reservoir, if you watch Reservoir Dogs or hear Stuck in the Middle with You. It, absolutely. I'm sorry. It's a cop getting his ear cut off and tortured to death. Yeah. You know, basically. And you see my glasses like doing the dance yeah. and like. Stuck in the mid- Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So forever, this Roxanne song yeah. is now. Oh, that's. Will yeah. always be attributed to this movie for me. Yes. <laughs> Bobby Vinton's Blue Velvet, always going to be David Lynch for me. So, yeah, but I did want to comment on this right after that scene when they actually get the kid away was the second of of two similar, very creepy scenes. The first of which was at the PSAT. Oh, yeah. With the, where oh, with the, where, where uh, the, the boyfriend, the, the uh, kid uh, finishes early and you just have this shot of all these parents just looking through the window at their kids 
ominously. Yeah. The same thing happened even more creepily oh, when you see nothing but fathers oh, standing yes. outside of the new de- like delivery what, what is that called the baby it's the it's the nursery the nursery, yeah, the nursery, nursery for the new and they're all just windows. watching yeah. and I'm like just kind of grinning their teeth like looking like intense like, and like yeah like oh it's on and yeah. from what you just seen like you're like holy <laughs> and you know what they didn't have like yeah that scene like had this been Saw 3 they would have shared that scene you don't need that scene yeah that is terrifying. Yeah, just yeah. seeing that. It's just the idea that. of what could possibly happen, and you almost don't want to go there, and that scares you enough. Exactly. And a, a smaller, nuanced little little moment that I I thought was like fucking creepy as shit is when the boy after his test gets home right before he gets in, you know, into the shit with his with his dad on the porch. He talks to his neighbor. It's like. Oh, yeah. And it's yes. like, hey, where's blah, blah, blah person? And she's like, oh, she's inside and just has this creepy, like, thousand-yard mm-hmm. stare. And I'm like, oh. And, he, and you can see that he kind of paused for a second, like, that's weird. Like, yeah, you know. Okay. All right. Oh. Just kind of goes in. But, like. She almost looked high. You know. She yeah. Was just, she was completely out of it. Which is which is part of, you know, the, the part of this this movie is all about fucking you up. You know, it's like, if you really wanted to downgrade and feel better, you could just watch Requiem for a Dream. Like, if I needed to watch the horror out of my fucking mind, <laughs> that that would be like the step down that would actually be better. You know right. what I mean? But I, I kind of do appreciate the fact that this, you know, it, it, you know, it set this scene, this is what's happening. Um... You know, it sets, like, believable characters, like a believable family of main characters. Um, but it also is able to juggle, I think rather deftly, actual moments of terror, like, that are legitimate. Yeah. And crazy fucking comedy. That is just fucking hilarious. Which, which a lot of it revolves around the uh, the um, Nicolas Cage. Uh, acting style. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no acting. It's just... Him and his mind, no script for him. You stand here, Nicolas Cage, and you be you. Oh, there's, and there's, well, there's random scenes, like, um, after the newborn scene, um, you get to uh, Braddy Cage, daughter of Cage, whatever, <laughs> um, going back with her friend to, to her friend's house, <laughs> and her friend goes upstairs, and you hear a struggle. She goes upstairs to check on her friend, and there's her mom strangle her death, and reacts like, Oh hey, how's it going? Do you, yeah. you know? Can I can I get you something? As she's choking the right. shit out like of her this. daughter, like, oh hey, how's it going? Like, just no actual like reaction. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is all. I'm killing my daughter, and you know, do you need anything? Are you thirsty? Do you need anything from the? You know, I can make you a snack. I do want to mention one of the scenes that I thought was fucking brilliant in. So you have this couple of little snippets and montage of, of different TV segments. Like, so all these things are going down. Mm-hmm. We have a, a scene with Dr. Oz. Oh, yeah. Talking about trying to make a correlation between what is going on right now and how the fact that sometimes, uh, you know, female pigs after giving birth will end up smothering at least half of their piglets Mm -hmm. and people are like you're comparing people to pigs and i just thought it was brilliant that they actually got him to do that yeah i know (laughs) like how fucking random like i know he's like i'm gonna be famous even more famous since we're talking about cameos yeah there was another cameo that uh, i want to bring up real quick um and again it's another tv segment um which is, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bokeem uh, Woodbine. Woodbine. Yeah. Um, is a parent that they're interviewing, and his he's got a dress shirt on, and it's covered in blood, and he just has the most, like, calm interview. He's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did it. I mean, do you, do you want to play Crocodile Tears? I mean, I can give you that, but, like, you know, it just it, it had to be done. I did it. Like, just no, like, no reaction at all. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. Burn my child? What's up? It's like any emotion they could have shut down. I should feel bad, but I don't. Yep. You know? And then they start laughing, and it's really creepy. And that's pretty much the tone of the entire film, is that, uh, you know, that coupled with flashbacks 
probably unnecessary, but necessary for you to I watch. I actually like, like the flashbacks. No, I love the flashbacks. They're completely unnecessary to the story, but they're still fun in no. context. I mean, they, they do add that little bit of flavor that, that, like, the scene, you know, with, you know, between the dad and his son, when, you know, the son finds a almost dead animal, tries to save it, but leaves it in his dad's classic sports car in right. Trans Am. But, uh, you know, and then there's the scene that's following. These these scenes are important and often so, like, lacking in other horror movies where you yeah. it's like the little little snippets of humanity that allow you to connect with the characters a little bit more. And although I, I do agree with that, when it comes to the Nicolas Cage cutscenes, can we really throw the word humanity into there? Or is it more just Nicolas Cage? Uh, I, I do think that he is one of the greatest specimens of the human yes. race. <laughs> yeah. He is on his own plane of existence. And at this point, they're, at this point, which I understand is they're giving these con- the context to it, I what I am a parent. I've raised this kid. I've had this father son moments. Right. As creepy as those moments may have been, and as can licking moment, uh, wonderful as those moments may have been, uh, I was a father. Uh, you know, which kind of... Well, he plays it straight at the beginning of the movie, and I think that uh, helps. Does he? Pretty much. You have the scene at the beginning where this kid accidentally hits him with a soccer ball, and he stares him down, and then does the Nick Cage smile, crazy right. look for a second. Yeah. But that was still, he's, you know, not trying to murder his children, so we're going with pretty low-key, sane Nicolas Cage, you know. Which, as, as close as he gets to that. Yeah, <laughs> so pretty much uh, daughter Cage, whatever, uh, meets up with her boyfriend who just, you know, accidentally killed his dad, who's trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. They decide to go back to save her brother at the Cage home. Yeah. Um, and they they go in, and there's the, um, the maid just mopping up a spill or um, something that looked like to be the daughter she just murdered like a half yeah. hour earlier. So, <laughs> and um, she of course is also offering, uh, sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you want some lunch? Yeah. Look, let me clean up the blood of my dead child. And <laughs> I'm going to make you a sandwich. I'm going to hook it up. All right. Let's that's goes along with like the, the dialogue in this movie is, so, is actually so surprisingly well written for the fucking chaos that it is. Yeah. Uh, and for example, I had to pull this up because I remember this. This is Nicolas Cage, right? So his character, Brent Ryan, saying this. He said, now the world uh, you kids are living in, the things you've seen on the internet, mouth to dildo, dildo to ass, ass to ass. Hi, Brent. Anal beads. Like, it's just. (laughs) I literally wrote down. We were taking notes. Nicolas Cage talking about anal beads. Right. There you go. That's that's (laughs) the that quote. I mean, and that's just one of many. I mean. Uh, not just and just from Nicolas Cage, but there's so many in that film. So try to get the brother out. Right. He's got to get his backpack, which at the time we just thought there's some stupid fucking toy in there or whatever, and we'll find out about the backpack later on. But they finally get it. They're about to head out. Here comes in Daddy Cage. Daddy Cage. And he fucks up the boyfriend pretty fast. I'll be honest, boyfriend was pretty weak. Like. Tries to go after the kids. Boyfriend steps in. Eight, I don't know, like one quick smack and knocks the dude out. I like, mean, he slams that skinny little bitch's head into the floor. He wanted to kill him anyways. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, pretty much goes after them and uh, trips over the uh, kid's uh, toy truck. Toy truck. The the truck that the infamous truck that, that he was bitching out, like, about so in a flashback. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> he gets knocked out. They get into the basement. <laughs> and they get down to the bottom of the basement, and they see the pieces of a broken pool pool, a pool, tall, pool table. Excuse me. Yeah. And then we get another flashback. Holy shit! This was the first. This true... was this was the first true fucking awesome flashback slash yes. Cage being Cage. Oh, Mary Cagemas. <laughs> Um, so apparently him going through Millie Cry in this flashback, he decides to make the basement a man cave and get a pool table. And all I know is, is that he's wearing a misfit shirt and he's fucking hardcore about this pool table. And the mom comes downstairs and they start getting into it and he just starts losing his shit. 
with a fucking sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's there's punk rock going on. Uh, it's a midlife crisis <laughs> scenario where they both just are, you know, he's freaking out because he was all these things when he was younger. And that goes back to the, um, you know, the flashback of, of him doing donuts in his fucking Trans Am with, in his face. with, in his with face. a girl, like, and her tits in his face, and he's just like, whoa! You know? The Trans Am was the extension of him at his best. Indeed. And now he can't even have a pool table, you know, because how much is it going to cost? Right. And then she, you know, after he has his freak-out session and busts that fucker up with a... Hold on, hold on. But he doesn't bust it up. You know, maybe in normal scenes they would just take a sledgehammer and destroy it. Nicholas Cage has got to sing a song while he's doing it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He and adds he's in. Finish the song. He adds in the fucking hokey pokey as he keeps fucking destroying the pool table in Nicholas Cage fashion. Again. <laughs> Do the hokey pokey and you fucking work so many out. fucking highlights. Yeah. That's improv. <laughs> that's what it's all about. That was all improv. I'm telling you right now. He just said beat it up and say things. And that's what Nicholas Cage did. Yep. And, and he did it geniusly. And they had a sweet little moment where once the blood had come down and they both kind of connect on the fact that where did their lives go? They have these kids and it's supposed to be perfect and and everything and it's not. It's gone to shit. It's not. And, you know, we used to be blah and blah, you know, their names, but now we're just mom and dad. Yeah. Name of the movie. And I'm like, boom. Bam. <laughs> and I'm starting to think that Brian Taylor may hate children. <laughs> I'm not really sure yet. No, I think he's just brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I, bro- I, no, listen, I, I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying somewhere well, you in are his psyche, he may and hate he fucking children. children. <laughs> and you are his kid. It might be a little bit like, I would, is there stuff we should talk it, about, Dad? If like, I was like a teenage boy and I looked at it, I was like, oh, uh, um, I think I'm going to, you know, apply for or go to go to the judge for uh, independence or yeah. just learn your dad's you know code to his little gun gun cabinet you know guns right your birthday <laughs> now kind of the last i'd say outside world before this becomes kind of a like house like more of a one set piece yeah is the mom has decided i've got to go home i need to murder my children <laughs> and as she's driving a lady shoves her fucking baby carriage in front of the car, which somehow she dodges, just to add that last, like, what the fuck moment of the outside world. And that's a, I'll give that to Brian Taylor because the way the movie's shot is is actually extremely suspenseful. Like, yes, it is. No matter of the just the blatant gore or whatnot that they may be showing at the time, like that particular moment is a good sign. Like he knows how to surprise an audience. Uh, and it also made sense within the context of the scene. I was impressed by that scene. I was actually like, fuck, fingers over my eyes. on a day like this, you know, you got to avoid parents right. trying to throw their, their kids at you in your car. Like, you're trying to get home, trying to avoid all the baby carriages being thrown out in the middle of the street. Which is also a little homage to the zombie culture because sure. of the way things are shot. You know, there's always the driving down the neighborhood that's been basically ransacked and there's shit all over the place. And you're trying to dodge it. I will say a couple of the shots actually I thought were very reminiscent. They have, like sky shots going down into that right. neighborhood remind me a lot of the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and you know, just the the weird dude with the bloody baseball bat just picking up his mail, you know, walking yes. back to his house, Let's... you know. They're not they're only after their kids and the movie even, just like you said, you know, when the when the stroller gets pushed in front of the moving car we're, we're, we're two-thirds of the way through the movie. We're, we're in the final stretch. We're about to start the final stretch yeah. set piece. And you and they still get in one more. They're like, holy yeah. fuck. Remember, remember the parents? All parents. All parents. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the movie, at this point, the rest of it takes place in the cage house. Yes. And yeah. we have both parents desperately trying to fucking murder their kids any way they can. <laughs> it almost turns into a survival horror. It you know, really it goes does. from this really cerebral film to like sur- survival horror. Although there's cut scenes of this, you know, past talks and past things like that. But yeah, it turns from cerebral to like survival horror, sort of back to cerebral, and then just fucking leaves you all together. 
<laughs> so, yeah, so the kids are trapped in the ba- they've locked themselves in the basement. Yes. They had the pool table flashback. Mom gets home after missing the baby carriage. And uh so they're really Nick Cage and the mom, Selma Blair, talk to each other and go, We we really need to kill our kids and they're trying to figure out how to do it. How to do it. And mom comes up with a pretty good idea of getting um what's what's that? A sawzall. A sawzall. <laughs> uh you know why? Because it saws all. That's, That's right. right. That's it saws right. all. It's <laughs> <laughs> another lesson that Nicholas Cage keeps reminding us about yes. throughout the feature. Um, it's the equivalent of up to old for this but shit. It's almost like a competition who can get into the basement door first to kill the kids. And she's doing that. And he's like, you're taking too fucking long. I'm going to go upstairs. Fuck pulls this. Out, got this. <laughs> pulls out a safe under his bed. And that's when it's revealed, you know... It's little a, kid, little kid cage. It's a gun safe with no gun in it. Yep, little kid cage. That's what the backpack is all That's about. That's a political statement right there. Blam, blam. Couple a, shots. Yeah. Yep. And mom, we get, mom screams. And we get an awesome flashback, by the way, where it reveals him finding the gun safe and pretty much figuring out it's his birthday as the way to get into the, the safe. And then almost like a... Nick Jr. taxi driver scene. <laughs> right, him exactly. standing in his tidy whities yeah. pointing the gun at the mirror and saying a bunch of like badass shit, like a you know, but he's a nine year old. And I was just like, that's kind of fucking awesome. Like, you know, it's almost like you're talking to me, but just like updated. But right. again, just you know, kids sitting in his tidy whities with a hand pistol in his hand. For a modern reference, uh, this is America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, no, and then there's that, there's that sequence where he rolls back up, and he's like, "What? Are you okay?" And the wife has been shot. Someone Blair has been oh, shot, yeah. and she is like, give starts giving him like, she starts nagging him or, or, or lecturing pick, him, picking on him about having a gun. It's like, you had the midlife crisis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, you got a gun. Another thing for your midlife crisis. What was the combination? <laughs> Josh's birthday. <laughs> and, and she's just like, and she quotes some like statistic, you know, like four out of five, you know, <laughs> kids that get, get hurt by firearms are from a gun in the home. But <laughs> she's just, she played, you know what? I'll give it to her. Cause usually she's pretty like, well, she's Selma Blair, whatever. But her in contrast to Nicolas Cage, like, I just, she actually fucking played up to his crazy. Yeah. Well, almost perfectly yeah. insane. I was with say, his they crazy. very much complimented each other. Which, which, while she's nagging him, and we had to rewind this one time because. The MacGyver scene? No. The, no. it looked like the high knee up in the air back and forth like he had to pee while he's getting yelled oh, at. The... That's just so fucking random and it, I can't do it justice. <laughs> you, you have to see it while you're watching it. But he just starts walking back and forth with his knees going way up like he's either got to really pee or he's about to march somewhere for no fucking reason. We've and got- it only happens for like 10 seconds. But you're just like, I don't understand right. why this is happening. And it has been dubbed the March of Cage. Yeah. It's his, it'll be in its own organization. The March of point. Cage. The March of Cage. There you go. So kids are armed. And kids are armed. Stuck in the basement. How do you murder your kids if you can't get in there? They got, they got a gun. You don't want to risk trouble. They had to regroup. Yeah. yeah. And then it came to them. They're going to gas their kids. <laughs> They're basically going to Zyklon B their own kids, which is awesome. Because <laughs> they do and, one of two things. They sit there and die, or they they, they try to run for they, uh, for air. And it's weird. Up. They kind of play it like this is their getting back together, working things out. Like, they yeah. like. We thought of something together. Like, we're back, honey. We're back together. Yeah, we oh, worked this. This we're is a, a bonding team. moment. Yeah, we're a yeah. team. We're killing the kids together. <laughs> and, and of course, and I think it's probably the best thing that he said in the entire film. Is they're both sitting there in this scene uh, while they've done this, right? So they've hooked the pipe up to the, to the back window of the basement. They've taped it all off. They've taped all the bullet holes. They're fucking, they're ready to do this. He looks down and looks at me. Goes, he goes, I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> he was so excited. <laughs> I felt it felt so wrong, and I was so captivated all there at the was, same yeah, time. Yeah, was so yeah. Oh. Um, and then, of course, you lead into the MacGyver kids MacGyver scene. Right. This is the true survival fight or flight kicks in, 
and the fight kicks in, and they're like, no, no, we're going to fucking be like MacGyver on this, and that's exactly yeah. what she does. They got to get out of there, man. I mean, yeah. And and so how does she uh, how does she come about this? She finds some matches. Well, she well, she first finds a duct. That's right. That leads right. like the air air conditioning duct probably ends up being able to climb upstairs from the basement. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but whatever. Uh, but she figures out that like okay, so this whole thing is filling up with gas, and she MacGyver's uh, a, a matchbook onto the to the door of the basement. So that when it's opened, it sparks. It will light the matches. So they get they get up into the upstairs, you know, ducting, and good old Cage, which it kept, finishes cutting the door open. It has kind of a shiny moment where he looks through and yeah. just kind of laughs, like you know that almost iconic moment. But it's Nick. It's old, crazy Nick Cage looking right. through that little goes, hole. I don't see them. Yeah. <laughs> and he opens the door, and the the match strikes. We and barbecue cage. Bob's your Boom. Role. He gets blown through the wall behind him. Yeah. And we see him later with Fruit Loops stuck to his face. That's <laughs> was the pantry. Yeah. It, it, which, was, which was beautiful, because he came out, and he literally was just the one side of his face had Fruit Loops. <laughs> oh, and burnt, he didn't burnt. Even, Burnt with Fruit Loops. Like Burnt he, with Fruit Loops. Yeah, he, he, he took some facial burns, and the Fruit Loops stuck on to the burn wounds. Which, like, by the way, could be an incredible Halloween costume. Just saying. There you go. You know what? Hey, that's, that's she, not a bad idea. I think, yeah, you, you might have just sold Fruit Loops. Oh, dude, I, I, I might have, I, this movie is that good that it's I might really, do. It really is. But, we, uh, we get all costumes. So he gets blown through a wall and knocked the fuck out. Meanwhile, Mom... You know, shakes it off a little bit. She's got a bunch of drywall all over and shit because it was a fucking explosion. (laughs) And then she uh, hears a noise upstairs and gets herself up there. And it's the kids, uh, you know, and she's fighting with her daughter, trying to murder her daughter. The boyfriend who is, you know, who woke up at some point. I think after several hours. Yeah, he'd been out for a minute. Cage knocked him the fuck out. He'd been yeah. out for a while. And, you know, they, they're trying to keep the mom in, in a... They, they fight her into a closet. They're trying to hold it shut. And they have kind of a sweet moment, you know. And then she uh, uses a coat hanger. Yeah, she takes one of those metal coat hangers, little and, cheap ones you get at the laundry mat, yeah. and unbends it. And is trying to, like, get through the edge of the door and, like, stab at him and sticks it through her boyfriend's face. Yeah. And to preface, right before they do this, they have this comedic moment, right? Right. This moment to show you that this movie ain't all bad. We can laugh. So he says, I used to think my parents getting divorced was the hugest tragedy of my life. But ironically, that shit doubled my chance of survival. That's some <laughs> solid writing. That, that is pretty amazing. It made me guffaw. Yeah. It was just like, oh. So and, was, then, and then, like, right after that, I thought one of the best, like, it's not a kill scene, but looked painful as shit, was the the metal coat hanger yes. going through his face and out through his mouth. Like, holy shit. And he pulls it off, and then Mom, Selma Blair flips him, like, beats his ass with the fucking uh, tenderizer, yeah, metal, metal tenderizer, loved- and throws him over the railing onto the, downstairs. Yeah. I'm like, God damn He's not a very good protector. He's getting fucked. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, like, just dropping the ball. Like, first minute he steals with, you know, Cage gets knocked the fuck out. You're like, all right, we're just going to have a better chance with the mom. Nope. Mom fucks this shit up more than the dad did. Yeah. God damn. So, we're coming up to probably the best part Mm. of the movie where, okay, so (laughs) the kids run downstairs. um, She follows. Cage wakes up. Oh, man. They're cornered in the kitchen. Well, he wakes up, reveals with the Fruit Loops. Yeah, Fruit Loops. And he grabs his favorite. His Zazal. His Zazal. And he's saying, because it's Sauls. Oh. It's Zazal. Oh, man. It was almost a Joker moment. It really was. If you, I could actually picture him with the Joker makeup on, like, fucking saying that scene. Absolutely. So kids are cornered. Kids are quarter fucked. It's done. And then you hear Ding Dong. Yeah. And it's weird because and it's that's what I mean when I say like 
there's rational thinking. It's not just like rage. Because Nicolas Cage stops. He goes, oh, shit. My parents <laughs> are were supposed to come over. Hold on a second. And puts down the Sawzall and goes to answer the door. Like, I'll deal with y'all in a second. Like, you know, hold on. Kids, could you stay in the kitchen? I'm going to murder you in a second, but I got to talk to my parents. Yeah. And this is... And we kind of knew from the get-go when they brought up grandparents and that what we were hoping for. And the door opens, and his there's mom his parents. Did. And holy shit, who's his dad? Lance Henriksen. Right. Holy shit. And they look at him, and Mom pulls out the mace and instantly starts macing him. And uh, Dad grabs his <laughs> fucking hunting knife. knife and just starts stabbing the shit out of I mean, he game. prison ships his ass. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, he gets like all five, the internal organs. five good stabs in like the first like minute and a half. Just keeps stabbing him. And he's like, Dad, Dad, you killed me. It's like, shut up, you pussy. I didn't even hit an internal organ. <laughs> I used to fight wars. What have you done? <laughs> Which is a great scene. Oh, my God. Oh, and then... So the Ooh. ultimate chaos brawl oh. of the movie is happening, where you've got Grandpa versus Cage. Well, you think Cage ch- chasing his Ca- son? Cage is chasing his yeah. son. So there's three generations <laughs> of, of of like just murder trying to happen. And if that wasn't zany enough, like you literally have Cage trying to kill his son while Cage's dad is trying to kill him, and that's going around and going throughout the house. But it's almost like Nicholas Cage is like, no, no. We need to add something to the scene. So as he's chasing his son, he's barking like a fucking yeah, dog, yes, right, yes. all over the place. He DMX for no the shit yeah, out of just that scene. Bar- 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 You're like, you don't. This scene doesn't even require that, man. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And a true escalate. And of course, on the other in the in the kitchen, it's the uh, well, the 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 daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law are fucking arguing, right? So, the, but the arguing is more like arguing and murdering all at the same time. Yeah. It's like. Where they normally just have a spat, like, yeah, don't fucking, yeah. that's my husband. Shut the fuck up, mother Yeah, yeah don't no, tell no. me about your mother-in-law's son. Mother-in-law's like, you're a whore, you're never good enough for Exactly. Him. <laughs> Which is a fight that starts in the kitchen, leads out outside on the front lawn. Oh, my gosh. Well, but that's exhausting we get, even we get to the garage, Back and to the then garage. there's a quick little flashback, which is... The best flashback. It's the last flashback, and it's the best fucking flashback of the entire movie. Because <laughs> it's a father-son talk, but Cage style. Oh, yeah. It's the crazy fucking He's case. telling his kid that it's okay what you did to my car, but let me tell you why this car is special to me. It used to be my dad's car. Yeah. And now, remember, his son's nine years old. Right. All right? It's not like he's <laughs> his son's, like... A teenager or in college, and yeah. Nicolas Cage talking to his nine year old, and somebody <laughs> want to go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, so um, as he's explaining the importance of the Trans Am, <laughs> uh, also explaining how it's uh, a pussy magnet. Yeah. Was he very specific? Chick magnet. He changed it after the fact. And then, then he goes, <sighs> it was a real pussy magnet. And he goes, Chick magnet. And then he takes his beer, and I've dubbed it the beer can pussy, because he takes his beer and he goes, blah, 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 while his son is just sitting right there. And almost yeah, for no reason does this happen. his beer can as if it's a clitoris, and it's a very <laughs> weird, again, there's several things in here, he, Nicholas Cage just added in, just a little, little pepper on it, just add a little bit. You know, and goddamn, that, that, that father-son talk was... Fucking hilarious. And then we get out of that flashback into the fucking Trans Am. Into the Trans Am, where he's basically using a pickaxe to try to, like, break into the Trans Am where his his kid is. (laughs) The kid starts, like, gunning it. Grandpa jumps in the mix. After stabbing stabbing Cage's ass, like, fucking 20 times. He's just stabbing Stabbing his ass ass over and over again. And the sound that comes out of Nicolas Cage is absolutely priceless. It's some high-pitched bird sound. I'm not really sure. It's, woo, woo, woo. And that's what he did. Every time he got stabbed in the ass. It's amazing. And eventually, the, uh, the, the car, like, you know, is going back and forth and breaks through... The garage door in reverse swings around, 
takes out grandma. Yeah, yeah. Like, and blah. if you weren't sure, slow motion of grandma's <laughs> head going over top of the sunroof, just so you know. She she's fucking gone. It's like right? that transformer. Yeah, but it was a slow. It's weird. It was a slow motion <laughs> shot. It just like bye, son. Like the final bye bye. Yeah. And the uh, and the car hits another car, and Grandpa goes through the freaking windshield. <laughs> yeah. And he's crushed on the ground. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, dead on he's his done, and and there's there's finally still. And we come to the very final scene in the movie, where mom and dad are tied up to a support beam in the basement with uh, both the kids and uh, uh, the boyfriend. boyfriend. Who, I don't know how the fuck he's is, still alive, man, after you know, all yeah. the shitty, like, you guys ass kicked so many times. All those concussions? Days. I don't know, man. But, uh, you know, he took the pre-SATs, but he's probably not going to do well after that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if SATs are really going to matter in the world where the parents are murdering their children. That's true. Because, you know what? Um... Your competition to get into college went down by a portion, all right? Because that's true. Yeah, yeah, man. You were competing against like maybe like <laughs> two thousand people. You, you know, may just get now it might be you and like five other motherfuckers that you know stay in the basement for two days or You're whatever. Gonna get they got to this shit out. That they need to fill seats. Yeah, <laughs> that acceptance letter is a little easier to come by yeah, now. Right. Actually, Competitions. Here, here's five bucks to come to our school. Yeah, we'll pay your tuition's paid for. <laughs> So this they didn't very sequel to this movie, by the way. Oh, that's I, 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 I would watch it. I got two words: shared universe. Somehow they can make this shit, and I know that it already has, and I know you'll bring it up. But the expansion of how far this can go. Oh yeah. The stories that you can tell are absolutely endless. Oh, absolutely. And this very end scene, which perfectly finishes the movie. You know, you're you're thinking, well, was this a day long thing? Is this something that's going to be over? And and the kids are all apprehensive. Parents are tied up. And it very quickly becomes clear that, no, this is not a thing that it, that, that is over. The parents still want to kill them. Yep. And the movie ends. Yep. And it's like... Perfect. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. That is the perfect ending to this movie. And I couldn't be happier more. There's no, <laughs> there's no true context to why it's happening, which is good. I've always liked that type of filmmaking because, like we talked about earlier, your mind fills in those gaps with whatever you're personally afraid of or things that, that go on in your head, which makes it even scarier. The mystery is part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about it right after we finished watching it. It really ends like funny games where it's just like, yeah. Done. 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 You don't need any more explanation. Titles. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Here, deal with and this. It, and a punk rock song is playing while the credits are going. It's like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fucking amazing. I hope this stays on Hulu for a while. I will be um, probably yeah. watch it a few more times. And I'll be honest, probably going to be picking this one up. Yeah, this is definitely going. This is a multiple viewing. This is a buy. This is one I may have to hide in my house. I'm just like afraid one day my <laughs> child's going to pick it up and go, what is this? And then throw it in the DVD player like while I'm in the bathroom. This is what I watch when you're a bitch to me. <laughs> yeah. This is how... Count your blessings. This is how your parents get their frustration out. When she's, they, when she's like, I hate you, Dad. You're the worst parent in the world. Like, no, actually, I'm going to show you the worst parent in the world. You're going to show you the worst parent in the world? <laughs> Let me show you my favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's acted by Nicholas Cage. You'll notice the dad grabs the trash bag and instantly starts suffocating the daughter. See... That's the worst dad in the world. Do you notice there was a lot of parents <laughs> using their keys in that one, in the in the in the, in the scene running from the school? Improvised weapons. They man. had the, oh, yeah. what else they have besides their car keys. But yeah, I I am I was worried. I got I was I saw the trailer. I saw it was on Hulu. I was pretty hyped. I talked to everybody. I talked up this movie before I even watched it. I was like, I think this is gonna be fucking awesome. And um, yeah, it did not fucking disappoint at all. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't complain. And uh, honestly, the, yeah, you told me about this. <laughs> Jesse, who was on the last episode, he told me about this. Uh, I've been wanting to see this. So, Well, I, I, this was definitely an experience. It was that one. It's a lot different from my original one, which was Steel, which is my <laughs> first one with you guys. Yeah. Uh, this took a whole different level of uh, thought processing uh, to kind of handle this. Yeah. I'm not even sure I'm there. I'm I very, made, very pleased with this. This is definitely a therapy-inducing <laughs> film if I ever saw one. There you go. There you go. 
I know we usually talk about pairing up with this. Yeah. And I, I, I could go two other I could go two different ways. You could either just add in, in my opinion, because it's up there, add in Wicker Man and then this. If you want to go just full on Crazy Cage. Or, and I think this is the, what works with this movie, is you can either go the Nicolas Cage way and go Wicker Man or Bad Lieutenant in this movie, or you can go the director way and do fucking Crank 2 and then this movie. Sure. Like, either way, because they both work. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're and if you like that sort of stuff, you know, uh, you know, you may need to be doing some sort of drug, maybe a lot of coke, <laughs> just to so, keep up with Nicolas Cage. What about you, man? Uh, what smash? If you were gonna pair this with another movie in a double feature, what would it be? A double feature. If I'm going based on just darkness, just tone, probably nine millimeter. Okay. Yeah. Also Cage, and he he has some good Cage moments in that. There's I'll remember about that movie, by the way. I've never seen that movie. Well, all I remember for that is the trailer, and the trailer to that movie is Nicolas Cage watching the film. <laughs> I know, yeah. and that's all the trailer is. Is this? He, you see him start the film, and it's like you know coming soon to theaters. And you see him start the film, and he's like, oh, oh, and he's reacting to what you see on screen. But that's all the fucking trailer is. It's him literally reacting to it. And you're like, that movie's. <laughs> it might be good. Like you need to it see it once. You, okay, because it didn't tell you shit about the movie except. Nicolas Cage does not like what he's watching right now. Yeah. Coming soon to a theater near you. And you're like, uh, all Joaquin right. Joaquin Phoenix presented Peter Stormare. There's some good performance. It's worth, it's worth a watch. Wasn't he in that? Uh, yeah, he's in that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes, he is. I can't remember who the uh, who the bad guy, the villain was. but the, the, It's the owner of the uh, company that, uh, that puts out the tapes. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Not, not Peter Stormare's character, okay. Dino Velvet, but the guy who's actually like... Was the killer and the snuff? Oh, oh was that, that a nice motion or a whacking off motion? It could so. be both at this point. I think it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, no, but anyway, yeah, there was Apex Twin in that. Yeah, whatever. Good, good call. Good call. I if I was gonna pair this movie with anything, the first absolute thing that came uh, to my mind when when the titles rolled at the end of the movie was Cheap Thrills. Mm-hmm. which um, I have screened before for friends, and it is one of the best, perfect indie, off-the-rails, like, horrific, like, comedic movies. It's It has all the things involved. And the people that have seen it will know exactly what I'm talking about. Is it still on Netflix? I believe so. It, right. was, it was one of the movies that was uh, released through the Draft House Films people. All right. Um, David Keckner's in it. Uh, uh, dude who was in uh, fucking some of those uh, one of those teenage movies. Anyway, all, gr- all grown up. <laughs> <laughs> it it's fucking bananas, and it very much is like this movie. So if you enjoy watching Mom and Dad, or if you enjoyed watching Cheap Thrills, either way. Fucking watch it's it. It's a visceral, cerebral experience this entire movie was. Yes. If there's any other adjectives you can <laughs> description <laughs> you could add, Very I'm true. sure you could. So, we're going to wrap this up here, but before we do, I do believe that Hunter finally <laughs> oh, watched man. some or all. Nah, it's just some. That shit was painful, man. <laughs> So, uh, the schlock abuse movie I gave you was called The Amazing Bulk. Man, I... Tell me a little bit about The Amazing Bulk, Hunter. Um, I will put as much effort into <laughs> telling you about it as the creators of that movie did. So, um, yeah, it sucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, and that's literally the amount of effort they put into it because, um, it's all green screen. Yeah. Um... And not, like, even, like, motion screen. But at some point, a character gets in a car that looks like it's drawn by a child. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to believe this is a real world, and this is an actual movie. At no time is that thing an actual fucking movie. That thing... It's the worst motion comic book ever. It's (laughs) fucking terrible. It's like middle schoolers figured out a program and just were able to just... I don't know. I don't know what that was. It was awful. I, I will say this. I thought there was nothing that's going to be worse than the fucking Rosie O'Donnell thing you had me watch. 
I made it through more of that than The Amazing Bulk because I just didn't feel like this was even a fucking movie. It was so goddamn terrible. I don't know what it is. It it it's something. Yeah, it's like something that's on public access, and they just kept filming it until they were able to put enough together to release it as a movie. Because oh, that that was rough. I'm I'm definitely gonna think of a really good uh, torture one for you. So yeah, exactly. And yeah, you got to step your game up because like some years ago, I I got invited to this party, and it was like, all right, so bring the worst movie that you can think of, and you know, I was like, well. I got some to choose from, but this is kind of my forte. So I ended up bringing this movie called Liquid Sky, oh. which is from the early '80s. That is just out there, and yeah, I want it. I think yeah, I, I want hands down. Yeah, Liquid Sky is is awesome. It's so fucking. Like, I mean, there's a line in the movie that's like, "I kill with my cunt." It's like, <laughs> I, I, I I kill with my cunt. Yes, it's yeah, my my excellent. kind of movie. There's aliens in it. There's a uh, new wave. You know, weirdos. There's heroin. There's uh, it's, there's heroin. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> oh. awesome. <laughs> Guaranteed to make it a better time. Goddamn right. All right. Well, I have to up my game and make sure because yeah, those first two you've had me watch. Uh, goddamn. Uh, well, I mean, to to be fair, you know, you you give me the uh, the God's Not Dead two for 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 my first one was a uh, was was a little rough. So and that was. Ha- one of the motivations with that again was just because I knew it had one of your favorite actors in it. Ray Wise. And I knew that would just kill you a little bit just to see him. And I might actually see him at a con in a few weeks and I'm going to be like, why? I know you like to work, oh, man. man. Like, come When's on, your dude. birthday? Because, I mean, if I could find a God's two poster and get him to sign that, oh, God, I feel no. like you'd be conflicted because you'd have his autograph, but it would be on the piece of shit movie. Oh, God, no. Mm, I'm going to make that happen. Oh, I already have his autograph. It's on the wall. But... So let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Check us out on Facebook, Beautiful Disasters Podcast. Check out the GUIPodcast.com network. Uh, we have new merch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Like we, uh, the whole GUI network uh, partnered with tpublic.com. And um, you can uh, follow the link through our website. And uh, you can check out all of our merch we've we've got a shirt for beautiful disasters we're going to work on another mm-hmm. and there's you know it's not just shirts you can get sweatshirts stickers yeah. cool ass handbags shit like that yeah, yeah like great good quality very good quality yeah i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying my shirt buy them all yeah so uh you know if, if that's something that uh piques your fancy uh check it out also um through the gui podcast.com site to one of our longest running sponsors amazon and if you, we all shop on Amazon, so if you get a chance, go through the link there. It kicks back, doesn't cost you a dime extra, but it kicks back a little bit of money to the podcast network, which is awesome. So we can keep rolling out more episodes. Watching more shit movies. Watching more watching shit more movies. movies. <laughs> creating more cool merch, whatever. Yeah, basically, uh, just check us out wherever you can find us. And, and the events that we put on, uh, yep. if we got one that probably at this point will be it will definitely post after this episode, but we will have um, a horror-themed movie screening uh, at Strange Ways Brewing in Richmond, Virginia in October. Details to follow, and uh, we hope to keep on doing it once a month at least. It's a good time. If you can get out there, get out there. Plus, you know, you might see, you know, because pretty much everyone under the network, we go there to support each other. It's fun. It's, it's a good time. Just a good time. So, get sappy on me. God damn it. Oh, well. Anyway. For beautiful disasters, I'm the Groots. Fuck you, Hunter. Uh, This is Kyle Smash. All right. Thank you for uh, being with us. See you next time. Bye-bye. GUIPodcast.com I know you're running around town getting ready for the holidays, buying stuff for your friends and family. Well, why not take a little bit of time for yourself and come to our next Beautiful Disasters B-Movie Night, November 28th at Strange Ways Brewing Company at 2277 Dabney Road in Richmond, Virginia for our November movie event. The theme for November is Shop Till You Drop. 
the Schlocko meter checklist includes furniture store freakiness, electrifying robotic security, eye lasers, and head explosions. All the things you come to expect at the mall when shopping for the holidays. So come on down November 28th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. for another free movie night at Strange Waves Brewing Company with the Beautiful Disasters podcast. Doors are at 6.30, film starts at 7, 21 and up, and again, it's free. For more information, go to GUIpodcast.com. Another way to support the GUI network is through Public. That's right, we've got all sorts of merch available from the GUI network shows. If you just go to GUIpodcast.com backslash store, we have a link to our Public store that has shirts for every podcast on the network, as well as inside joke t-shirts and exclusive designs done by panelists and friends of the show. We also have a couple of t-shirts that were curated designs from the Public site that we think you guys would like as well. All of these are going to be on sale intermittently throughout the month of December. So definitely keep an eye out on those shirts and merch and cell phone covers, coffee cups, stickers, all bags, everything available through the Tee Public store. They're going to be going on sale left and right all December. So make sure you pick up those. I think December 18th is the cutoff to make sure that you get them before Christmas. Show your support for GUI. Give us a little bit of money for our Christmas shopping. And get some really cool swag that your friends in Idaho will have no clue what you're referencing. Like, what is a podcast from Richmond, Virginia? Why why should I be excited about that? Geeks under the influence. It's just drunk geeks. Yeah, pretty much. Impress your friends. It's a good time. Shop T Public. GUIpodcast.com slash store.